I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hope you're having a great week. Welcome to Rams All Access. What a huge contest at SoFi Stadium this Sunday evening in prime time. It's Sunday Night Football, the AFC-leading Titans and the Los Angeles Rams in what will surely be billed as a potential Super Bowl preview. With DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Uh, Let's start with some of the festivities first because a lot of your former friends and teammates will be at SoFi Stadium. In fact, the newest member of the Rams Hall of Fame, Isaac Bruce, will get his ring. I I love it. Uh, Big Bruce coming back to town. This is where his career started in Los Angeles, and this is where he gets his... Hall of Fame ring. I think that's so special. I do. I, I like seeing all the old Rams. You know, the Rams iconic. I love doing those podcasts, but it's something about seeing the Rams elite show up when, when Youngblood and you, you get Orlando Pace, Marshall Falk, uh, Eric Dickerson, all the gold jackets walk out to honor their newest, you know, welcome them into the fold. It's great. It's great for the franchise. Franchise is great for the fans. Great for everybody, but it's well-deserved for Isaac Bruce. Long road. I'm glad he got to it. The induction ceremony was awesome, but Doing it here in a football stadium, this is what, this is what it's all about for him. So I, I cannot wait to see these guys. Somebody on Sunday needs to be in charge of the Hall of Fame roll call. Here's what I mean. The legends are going to be here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have the Eric Dickerson's, the Orlando Paces of the world, the Isaac Bruce's. But on the field, I'd be curious to know what this rivals in terms of Hall of Fame talent. Okay, you stop, wow. you stop me when I drop a name that you feel like is borderline. Okay. Aaron Donald. Adrian Peterson, Julio Jones, Jalen Ramsey, Derek Henry. Okay, that's a little early. Okay, I should have gone Von Miller first, but I wanted to land on okay. Von Miller because it'll lead us to our next topic. <laughs> a little early, but I yeah, yeah. Von Miller's the active sacks leader. He's going in. No doubt. Henry early, yes. Yes. I think there's potential for Andrew Whitworth if he were to finish with a big individual honor and maybe a ring. And I think Matthew Stafford's got plenty of runway Same. to get there. And one more. Don't forget Johnny Hecker. Okay, the, yes. Okay. you gotta, you got to include the punter. I so, mean, a lot of talent that's going to be watching with gold jackets and a lot of guys potentially going to wear gold jackets. I mean, you're talking closer to potentially double figures than yes. just one or two in this matchup, which is uh, just, just incredible. See, this, this is what I keep trying to tell people in Los Angeles. This is a, this is a premier franchise. Now, we're just getting started here, growing the fan base, regrowing the fan base, but this is the leader when you talk about elites, the greatest of the game. They all came through here wearing horns on their helmet. The same team you're cheering for now can go back throughout time with great players. So this is beautiful. I, I hope this is a connection. This will be the end of it. Isaac Bruce in the, in the ring and the Hall of Fame. Let's bring all the Rams fans together and celebrate this franchise. Well, and they're acting like a major market franchise. They're acting like the other championship franchises in Los Angeles. They're acting like the Lakers. They're acting like the Dodgers. Even though they live in a draft uh, salary, hard salary cap world, yeah. they're making moves that some might say mortgage their futures. They would disagree for the present 
to capitalize on what they have with transcendent talents like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and now the move from Matthew Stafford, it, it all stitches together. If you and I, we've said this before, had a couple of bucks for every time we heard that the Rams are all in in the last couple of three, four seasons. Yes, we wouldn't have to pay for food ever again. <laughs> right? No we, doubt. We'd be in a very good place. But yes. here we are again, now so more than ever, with the Rams at 7-1. and one. And on the Coaches Show Monday, here's what Sean McVay had to say about the latest move to go all in. There's a commitment to trying to do whatever we can to be aggressive in our pursuit of, you know, achieving excellence. And that's trying to be the best football team that we can be. And really, it's it's still a one day at a time mindset and mentality. And our focus is on having a great game uh, against the Titans from a great week of preparation. But uh, to do that, guys were excited. And I think the most fun thing about it is, is when you talk to Aaron Donald, you talk to the Jalen Ramseys, you see Leonard Floyd and see how excited they are to have another partner in crime with them to go try to play at a really high level, apply a lot of pressure to opposing offenses um, that lets you know we got the right kind of guys that are that are all about the right kind of stuff the we not me thing that we're talking about and um, and they understand that he's going to help make them better as well so he touches on both elements there that I wanted to bring to your you know conversation as well which is let's dig into the technical and how it's going to play out in just a moment but let's start with the intangible when you're in that meeting room and you get the news on Monday that the Rams have acquired the active sacks leader to add to what is already the leading sack defense in the NFL, what does that signal? 99% of the guys are very happy. Probably the 1% probably plays the same position, and you just got bumped back a little bit farther. But it's Vaughn Miller, man. It's football royalty. It's the greatest living pass rusher that you know is now in your room. He's going to be driving you. He's going to be showing you how he gets things done. It's going to help you with opening things up if you're Aaron Donald. It's going to help you as a cornerback. It's going to help Jalen Ramsey. Who doesn't need and want a little bit of help on defense in the National Football League? And now you're getting one of the best. That is huge. That is very destructive for other offenses, and that is uplifting for this defense. Uh, You couldn't pick a better move in a better time for this football team than having Von Miller come right now. A little intervening question. What makes him special? And wow. and I know you've watched him this week. How much, if any, has he lost? He is a true master of the game from the outside linebacker spot, meaning he understands protections, offenses, and how they want to try to keep him away from the quarterback when they send the back and when they send the tight end, when they slide to him. He knows exactly when he's one-on-one, when to turn it on, and when he has to be Mr. Cleanup. And, and this is the best part. So if they do decide to slide the line to, to Von Miller, if he gets more than one guy, well, guess who's freed up in the middle? 99. And he knows this immediately. So it's a guy that sees the entire field from that spot. I know when to rush. I know when to turn it on. And we used to talk about Robert Quinn and how flexible he was being Gumby. It's nothing like Von Miller. Von Miller can sprint upfield, dip his right shoulder, damn near touch the ground, and then spin to your quarterback without missing a beat. Hmm. I mean, he is just, he's so fluid. He's so great. His hands are dynamic. He's the best pass rusher out there. It comes at a time when Leonard Floyd is on an absolute tear. I mean, his last three games, I understand the competition, everyone, but his last three games have been tremendous, absolutely imposing. Now you get into the meat of your schedule with the AFC leading Titans and next week a Monday night football contest against the rival 49ers who you just can't seem to get over on. But it creates a bit of a rub to Marco because you talk about dipping that right shoulder. Well, Flo loves to do that too. Yeah, well, you know what? I think that Leonard Floyd, I mean, he's been great with the one-on-one. I believe last week he got the the big sack with the swim, the hop swim. Yep. Uh, It was beautiful off the left side. 
But I think he's actually better as the cleanup guy. He is actually better when he is cleaning up for Aaron Donald, when he's cleaning up for good pass rushes on the opposite side. So you may be actually helping Leonard Floyd in pass rush situations. Interesting. So he can play the other bracket, wait for the prey to come to him, and try and escape out the side door, and he's hunting it the whole time. And he could start from the right and get a sack on the left. I mean, he is very instinctive when it comes to cleaning up Pass uh, broken pass pockets and a good pass rush. So you know who got this a couple will of those? actually help him. Yeah, Clay Matthews got a oh, few of those. All eight, <laughs> all eight sacks were cleanup sacks. So Von Miller going to get it. Who also can be a great cleanup guy. He gets it. But like I said, there's a three headed monster out there now. I don't know who has enough pass blocking to keep your quarterback clean when you've got three guys like that coming at so, you. So uh, look at it through an offense's eyes. Look at it through Ryan Tannehill's eyes. What are your options? Run. Run, run, run. This is why it helps you this week, Sunday night. You don't have Derrick Henry to, you know, kind of keep the Rams' defense honest. They can just pin their ears back and go. But the first thing you think about when you have Floyd, Donald, and, and, and Von Miller is you're going to have to run at him. Because if you get in obvious passing situations, they're going to be on top of your quarterback. Mm-hmm. One of those guys, maybe all three, could hit him. You're going to have to run the football and run it consistently to keep them off your guy. With DeMarco Farm, J.B. Long, this is a Week 9 edition of Rams All Access. We've spent a large portion of this first segment, of course, talking about the Rams' move to get Von Miller. I had a chance to sit down with him at the Rams facility in Thousand Oaks earlier this week. You know, I've been triple team for the last <laughs> six years of my career. So uh, I want to bring that um, – I want to have that same effect on games. If I can, you know, demand a triple team, then we got AD in the middle – one-on-one, he can be there all day, every day. You know, so I want to demand uh, attention and really, uh, you know, alleviate some of the stress that he has. You know, I, I want him to be um, as, as effective as he possibly could. You know how you talked about the Aaron Donald effect. I want to bring the Von Miller effect and help all the teammates around me as well. Oh, my God. I, I, dude, I'm, I, every time I hear that soundbite, I want to jump out of the chair. I really do. We, he said we have Aaron Donald in the middle. Von Miller and Aaron Donald are about to partner up. And then he said, I want to bring the Von Miller effect, which means I'm coming to get it, which means the offense is going to have to pay me attention. He'll make you pay for disrespecting him by blocking him with one guy. He will absolutely tear you apart. Well, guess who else feels the same way? Aaron. Oh, goodness. This is going to be fun. Really. If you go out and do the job, and you've heard me say this for the past six seasons, earn the right to rush the passer by stopping the run. You get teams in an obvious passing situation, I don't think you have a chance to get the ball out. Well, that's what I appreciate about Flo and also, I guess, by reputation, Von Miller. I haven't been exposed to it consistently firsthand, but I think his pass rushing prowess overshadows his three-down ability, and he takes pride in that too. And I don't know if the Rams will utilize him necessarily. Maybe they do intend to, although hopefully not in the middle of the schedule, maybe more January, February, to put yourself in those known passing situations, but it's something that he's more than willing and able to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, God, I can't remember his name, and that's probably why. It always escapes me. He was in Tampa Bay with Warren Sapp, and he's trying to get into the Hall of Fame, but no one listens because he's just a pass rusher, in my opinion, a lot of opinions. All he did was, Simeon Rice, all he did was put put his hand down in a ghost eight, wide nine, and rush the passer. He did not play the run. Von Miller is a great technical player run and pass. He can get in there and put his nose in there and mix it up on the run and be tough. He can earn the right to rush the passer. You don't have that many sacks without knowing how to play the run first. Mm. You know what I mean? So it, it's not like you're just bringing a one-dimensional guy here. This is a, 
This is a Hall of Fame player. He can do it all. Just ramping up here on Rams All Access when we continue the latest on the injury front. Uh, and I think a lot of the news is trending in a good direction. Andrew Whitworth, left tackle, should be good to go. Darius Williams has had his 21-day window open and returned to practice after a three-week absence due to an ankle. He should be in line to bolster the Rams' corner position back to full strength as they anticipate A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, and the Tennessee Titans. We also have four down territory with our guest, Mike Keith from Tennessee to talk about the latest with the Titans and how they are going to manage the injury, the loss of Derrick Henry, the NFL's leading rusher again here in 2021. Plus, around the division and the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long coming to you from SoFi Stadium, site of Sunday Night Football in Week 9. This is 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Rams All Access, coming to you from SoFi Stadium, which will host Sunday Night Football, the Titans and the Rams. This weekend, it's week nine in the National Football League. The Titans and the Rams both riding four game winning streaks. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us just a moment from now. But uh, earlier this week, I had a chance to sit down with the new starting inside linebacker, rookie Ernest Jones, who in his debut had an interception and shared a sack. Uh, he's now between a whole bunch of all pros and future Hall of Famers. Right now, it's kind of um, I'm doing it by actions. You know, I mm-hmm. haven't made enough plays yet where, where I'm just able to be vocal. Um, but for the most part, when I'm able to, you know, when I do become a leader for this team, it'll it'll be through my actions, through my everyday how I come into the building and just how I go about the day and how I just make everybody else's day better. Um, just how I come to work and just I'm, I'm always happy, excited, ready to work, ready to see the guys and ready to just be around them. So I guess I'm uh, all around leader. I, I, I'll get it done, you know, any, either way. That's new Rams inside linebacker Ernest Jones after his first NFL start, a winning one in Houston. The Rams got out to a 38-0 lead in that one before the Texans scored the next 22. Uh, DeMarco, what'd you make of the rookie's starting debut? I thought he was great, run and pass. I thought he showed great instincts. He's he's showed great instincts since the preseason. And if I were him, I would just sit back and watch how Jalen Ramsey leads, how Aaron Donald leads, how Von Miller leads, and because eventually it's going to be you down the road, maybe next year or the year after. You're going to be the gray beard in the room. You're going to have rookies like you looking up to you trying to figure out how to play this this game at a high level. So just soak it all in and understand where you are. Uh, the big dogs are out in front, but the big dogs are only as good as guys like you. Uh, if you can make the routine plays, when you're set up to make a big play, go out and make it. I thought Sean McVay made a great point about his interception. That's a tough catch. Yes. A lot of those guys drop that. And then to have the presence of mind to return it and make a good move down the field. Uh, look, uh, there's a reason he's drafted. There's a reason he's in the National Football League. I think you saw just a portion of that in Houston. So that's one start. Let's see what he does with start number two. 
And the difference between start number one and start number two was supposed to be drastic. It still will be, but here's what I mean. You go up against a Houston team that's playing from behind from the moment you say go. That traded away their leading rusher, Mark Ingram, a couple of days before your game. And you're supposed to be getting ready for this one now against the AFC leading Titans and the NFL's rushing champion and Derrick Henry and the most physical downhill run-heavy attack in the entire National Football League. That's a big chore for an off-ball linebacker. I'm sure it still will be, but to a much different regard. Yeah, and I was watching some indie film, uh, some Tennessee versus Indianapolis, their last game. I'm so glad they they had a division game, uh, a tough one, because they'll come into this game a little bit more beat up than they already are. But I saw what Indy did. They slanted their, their front four. Uh, they, they got guys out of their gaps. And you'd see Tennessee comes off the ball so hard, and when you cross their face, these guys fall on their face. That's how hard they're coming off the football. So the last thing you want to do against a guy like King Henry is just go straight and have your linebackers take on blocks and then try to take care of him. Mm-hmm. So for Ernest Jones, for any linebacker, for the Rams uh, this week, I would expect the front, Greg Gaines, Sebastian Joseph Day, who I expect will have a great game because Greg Gaines had oh a great game. Oh, my goodness. Had a great game. It's, so, kind of, it's, it's yeah. reminiscent of the dynamic when they drafted Gaines. Yeah. Remember, and they all but kind of anointed him as the nose starter for Wade Phillips, and Sebastian Joseph Day said, not so that fast. That fire under yeah. Big Bash. So I expect the best bash. But, yeah, it, just, it all depends on what happens up front. Uh, if, the, if the D-line is creating a new line of scrimmage behind the Titans – it's going to be easy for Ernest Jones. If not, if these guards and tight ends and tackles are getting off on him, then it'll be tougher than it was a week ago. But either way, whatever kind of game, whatever complexion this game takes, with his body type and his athleticism and his instincts, I'm sure he'll be able to grow through it. Hearing you talk about the defensive tackles, I mean, it's astounding to me. They still have Ashawn Robinson, who's playing his best football as a Ram, too. Like, What does it mean for the men in the middle of this new version of the fearsome foursome, if you will. I, I, I hate to even apply that. But like for Sebastian Joseph Day, um, for Greg Gaines, for Ashawn Robinson, does their task change in any meaningful way? Well, okay, this is pre-Derrick Henry injury. And if, if you and I are going to try to stop a runaway horse uh, and it's going to run, it's going to hit us, the best thing we can do is stand shoulder to shoulder and kind of combine our strength to try to stop it. Uh, the worst thing we can do is create separation. So your defensive tackles, if you keep everything constricted in, in the middle, there's nowhere for him to go, and then your linebackers have great angles to the football. When everything gets spread out and then he can cut down field, he can run people over and then pick up those five, six, sevens. By the fourth quarter, he's breaking those tackles. He's off for 60. So the best thing you can do when you have a Von Miller and a bunch of great pass rushers is just get down and dirty. I'm here to do a job. I just became a run thug. I think Ashawn Robinson has accepted that role. This is what I'm doing. I'm in here to take up two if I can make the play. I'm here to make it as ugly as possible for the offensive line and as pretty as possible for the guys behind me. So if you can get some buy-in from Greg Gaines, from Sebastian Joseph Day and Ashawn to just muddle it up and then go sprinting off the field on second and third down and bring in the pass rushers, you got yourself a heck of a defense. Question, have you ever been charged by a thoroughbred before? Yes, yeah, his name is Eddie George. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're right, right. Yeah, and you'll go for a ride if you're not low enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> trust me, I'm not the guy you want to stand shoulder to shoulder with in that, in that circumstance. If we have no choice, you know, <laughs> let's link up and do what we got to do. But, that, I mean, that's the, the same sort of attack with a guy like Henry. Thank God he's out. The quarterback is Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. His favorite target has become is A.J. Brown, the 
the two of them over the last three games have been phenomenal. The piece that they traded for, future Hall of Famer, Julio Jones has not yet come on. In fact, he doesn't have a touchdown reception yet this season for the Titans. And it's because he can't get past this hamstring injury to be determined what reps he's able to give the Titans this Sunday against the Rams. But in terms of coverage now, how do you how do you plan for this? Can you devote more numbers to your coverage pattern knowing who you have up front? Well, if you're Tannehill, man, put yourself in that situation. And you got Von Miller and Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd staring at you. And then also there's Jalen Ramsey kind of lining up everywhere where I need to get this football out of my hands as fast as possible. So the first thing you're going to do is I'm not throwing at five. So whoever is out there on whoever, that's where I'm going. So You know what shocks me, though? I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Before, we, before that slips in my mind, he's taking 24 sacks? Yeah. That can't be possible. No, it is. It is. How do you take sacks when you have Henry, you're handing it off as much as you have, and then... A lot of those are coming on third down. See, this offensive line, they're great going forward, and they struggle going backwards. So they are dependent on being physical and running the football and throwing off play action. When you do get them in third and a mile, you can get after this offensive line. I mean, I'm literally going back to check it again because I cannot believe that I wrote that down. 24 sacks was last year's total in 16 starts. He's halfway there, and he's already met it. Some guys are te- – well, some teams – I mean, here's a guy who took 58 yeah. back in 2013 with Miami. See, so. I was looking up first and second down sacks, and there are a few, which means that's the defensive coordinator taking chances mm. against Derrick Henry and getting home to, to Ryan Han- – guessing right, so to speak. So I don't think you'll have to do that because there's no Henry this week. But on third down, when you do stop the run, you can get after these guys. Remember Taylor Lewan? That first week, he was almost run out of the league. He was apologetic. Big time. Chandler Jones? Yes, five sacks in that football game, and they've gotten better. He's gotten better. The last four games, they've been more Tennessee-like running the football, but all that changes. So the D-line, what we started off talking about, if they do their job, get big in the middle, stop the running game, and force them to throw, Tannehill's going to anyone not wearing number five. Mm. So as Raheem Morris, if you can see that, know that, or the corner to that side, you may have a chance to step in front of one. I wouldn't want to be between Eddie George in the end zone or Derrick Henry in the end zone, and I wouldn't want to be between Chandler Jones and his contract extension. That's where Taylor Lewan found himself Big in, time. That, in wow. that opener. This has to be a record for us, DeMarco. Have we ever conned this far in a Rams all-access and not even touched on the offense? No. I mean, <laughs> this, this has grown into, and again, here's the asterisk, here's the caveat, competition, who they've played. This has grown into the best offense in the National Football League. It's on the short list if you disagree. No question about it. Cooper Cup, now a two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Matthew Stafford, I have a policy of not talking MVP before Thanksgiving. I might make an exception to it because he's very much climbing into the conversation. Did you have bad luck? No, 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 no. I just just think it's nonsense. Like, why... What's the point of like, okay, if you want to say MVP favorite, fine, but Russell Wilson was the MVP favorite at this time last year. I see what year. you mean. Yeah, How'd yeah. that go? Like, what's the point? You well, play your most meaningful games I think from it's this fair, point forward. But I think it's fair to put him in that, in that discussion. I think we should be talking about no it question. more because, I mean, most of this is it's, it's a pageant. You know this. And I remember when, uh, when Russell Wilson was on track to become MVP, most of the sports writers said it's his year. So a lot of this stuff is just perception. So I think we should be talking about Matthew Stafford. Part of it last year was they were letting Russ Cook finally. Yeah. It's not how it ended. And I, and I want to make sure that the Rams 
and the way that they're playing right now and that it doesn't take a, a slide like the Seahawks did. Of course, LA had a big say in that. But my thing with, with Stafford and bringing him up here is it's all stitching together now. And I think that's why we and those who follow the Rams and our fans of the Rams are so excited is because it's not like you went out and got Von Miller to plug a deficiency or to try and make this a 2015 Denver Broncos team that can win it all with their defense. No, no, no. Matthew Stafford has been everything you had hoped and expected. He has put you in a position where, barring a disaster or a miscue, a self-inflected wound, you're going to put up 30 in a game. Yeah. And so you know the pressure is on the opposing sideline to keep up. How do you derail that? With someone like Von Miller. Have you seen that commercial? Sprinkles! <laughs> this is the sprinkles to the, to the ice cream sundae, the nitrous to an already fast car when you add Von Miller. But watching uh, Matthew Stafford play, and from all the arm slots that he's throwing to and with, over the top for power, I mean, underneath to get it uh, by somebody on a screen, I mean, name me a quarterback outside of the big three that's playing like that. I mean, that's, that's really putting up 30 points. The only thing I can say about this, this offense that I wish they would get better or be better at is just running the football. They're still under four yards of carry. But, I, but they went up from, from one week to the next, and I expect them to do the same thing against Tennessee. All right, let's pause here and come back with Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Mike Keith will give us the latest from Nashville as the Titans try and recover from a devastating blow having lost their best offensive player before they come to Inglewood to take on the Rams here at SoFi Stadium. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access, a Week 9 edition on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Time for our weekly segment, Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Pleased to have my counterpart with the Tennessee Titans, Mike Keith, with us this week. Mike, how you doing? I'm fine, JB. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you being generous with your time. It is unfortunate that we do not get to see the NFL's leading rusher. It was something that I was very much looking forward to despite the competitive impact on the game. What has been the reaction in Nashville this week to losing Derrick Henry? It started with shock because I think everybody felt like that when they saw him in the ball game that he wouldn't have been able to play if it wasn't going to be okay. And apparently he just gutted out something pretty amazing with a broken bone in his foot. Uh, He told him he wanted to go. And so he went. And then after the game, they discovered it was certainly much more serious than what they had initially thought. So shock to begin with, and then sort of a, a sense of resolve from within the ball club that the head coach, Mike Brable has passed on to the community at large that, Hey, we, you know, we've got a, We've got to move on. And I think Ryan Tannehill said it the best, JB. The feeling is not turning the page because that's in some way, in his mind at least, disrespectful to Derek. It's about having to move forward. And that's where the Titans are right now. They haven't had a loss like this in terms of an injury here probably in close to 20 years. We've had injuries, and as a matter of fact, this team this year has had more injuries than any ball club I've been around since 2004. But to have something this big happen to a player who is such an integral part inside and outside uh, St. Thomas Sports Park, he's a big deal in the locker room. He's a big deal to the fans, as you would guess. I mean, it's a, it's a tough thing because you feel like you know him, even if you're not with the ball club. If you are with the ball club, you feel like he's a brother and then add in the part that he's been the best running back in the NFL for the last three years. And 
you've sort of got a trifecta of disappointment right now. Mike Keith, long-time play-by-play voice of the Titans, joins us here on Rams All Access, this segment called Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. You know, the player who's near and dear to our hearts is Roger Saffold, and it was tough mm-hmm. to see him uh, leave Los Angeles, though we certainly understand the circumstances under which he did. Glad to see him thrive as a Titan. This, to me, looks like one of, if not the best, offensive lines that the Rams have had to go up against. Are they capable enough to pave the way for an Adrian Peterson or Dante Foreman, whoever takes the handoffs here in Week 9? They're capable if they can play. The five starters this year, JB, have not played every snap in any of the eight games at this point. Wow. Taylor Lewan has missed time. Roger Saffold has missed time. Ben Jones has missed time. Nate Davis is currently missing time. And David Questenberry, one of the great stories in the NFL, a guy who fought back from beating cancer and is now the Titans' starting right tackle, has been the only person who has been able to make it through all the way. If they can stay together and if they can stay healthy, they are very good. And Roger Saffold, uh, combined with Taylor Lewan, has at points over the last three years given Tennessee the most formidable left side of an offensive line in the NFL. Two years ago in the playoffs, they were pancaking people. If they can stay together and can stay healthy, you feel good. But everybody is at this point kind of holding their breath because several of those guys, including Roger, have some age on them now. And you and I both know when guys have some age on them, things tend to happen more easily that take them off the field. So from the Titans standpoint, here's hoping. Four Down Territory with Mike Keefe. Question number three, it has to do with the intangible of toughness. Mike, I'd be curious to get your perspective. What I love about the Titans from afar is that they found ways to win. A couple of times in overtime, they've got some come-from-behind victories. And they go up against a Rams team that you know, just set kind of a, a modern NFL record, I guess, for most consecutive victories when leading at halftime. I'm not going to say the Rams are frontrunners, but it does create an interesting dynamic where Los Angeles better not believe that this game is over until the final gun. That's true. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a ball club that, uh, since the opener against Arizona, where the Titans were just awful, I mean, just absolutely into the world bad. Um, in the other seven games, it's been the Titans that we're used to seeing in the Mike Brabel era, which is take a punch, give a punch, keep punching. And if they get late into a ball game, they have no qualms about playing it down to the final second. You mentioned two wins in overtime. Three of their games have been overtime games. Obviously, the game against the Bills went down to the two-yard line on Monday Night Football. Uh, The only real laugher in the lot, which is a huge surprise, was their win over Kansas City, which was uh, no stress at all down the stretch, which was stunning to all of us in attendance, considering the quarterback on the other side of the field. Yeah, they, they have no problem playing that kind of game. And that's Brable. You know, that's the type of players that Brable and the general manager, John Robinson, have gathered. Uh, they embrace the blue collar. We're going to stand in the middle of the ring and swing with you attribute. And, you know, they talk about going 15 rounds. You're not old enough to remember 15 rounds. I am. <laughs> they, they, just, they just fight 12 rounds now. But, you know, they will go 15. 
they they will be Joe Frazier. They will be Muhammad Ali. They will be you know be that kind of guy because that's that's how they see themselves, and that's that's really how the roster is built because. In, in a way, they can get you from every area at different points. If you have a good offensive play, they'll come back with an offensive play. They have a special teams play they can pull out now and again. You know, this, this team has gotten a lot of good moments from a lot of different spots on the ball club. Finally, Mike, a, a personal finish here, if you don't mind. On Sunday night, the Rams will be wearing their modern throwback uniforms. They debuted them this summer. They selected three primetime games to wear them, the uh, opener against the Bears now this weekend against the Titans because of the Super Bowl 34 history and next week against their rival 49ers. Take me back, would you, to Super Bowl 34. I have DeMarco Farr with me in the booth. What are your memories of that Titans-Rams clash? Well, a game very much like what this Titans team has been this year, uh, a 16 to nothing deficit in the third quarter, a remarkable rally to tie the game, uh, the, the great pass to Isaac Bruce that uh, if Javon Curse doesn't hit Kurt Warner's arm, it's probably overthrown. And uh, it was a, a weird moment for me because I host the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame banquet every year, and having to sit there and induct Isaac Bruce was rather difficult. <laughs> mm. uh, to re- For them showing that moment in Tennessee as a glorious moment, it's like, yeah, something's wrong here. Wow. Uh, no. Seriously, he was great, and it was a it was a wonderful night. And you know, in in getting to know players from that team, and and having Kevin Carter come here later, and spending time with people who were involved, and in getting to interview Kurt Warner, I think we all realized that we were part of one of the most special games in NFL history uh, for many years, and and I still think to an extent. You can make a case that that was the greatest game in Super Bowl history. Uh, before Super Bowl 34, there had been quite a run of blowouts in the 90s. There were blow, you know, there was blowout after blowout, and that was just an incredible game with it ending like it did. Kevin Dyson a yard away, and the, the great tackle play at the goal line. Uh, Kevin Dyson has done some um, some different events with Mike Jones at times as they reflect on that and the other part of it too jb losing steve mcnair way too early and realizing what he was on that final drive getting away from kevin carter and making the incredible throw uh the rams were victors the titans were not but if you'll remember the titans actually had a parade after the super bowl it's the only time i can ever remember a losing team in any sport having a parade because you you felt like after that game, even though not winning, you were part of, of the heart of the specialness of the NFL. And even all these years later, I still feel that way. Uh, disappointed we didn't get the big ring and we didn't get to take the trophy home, but at the same time thrilled that when you watch guys play this game and, and play this game to such a special level, that that night was something that really glorified the heart and soul of the best of the NFL. And the Rams should take pride in that. Absolutely. And I I know even the the folks on the other side, the Titans take pride in the effort that they gave that night. Both teams, both teams gave their best, swung their hardest. And uh, it was special. 
Oh, I'm so glad I asked, especially because Isaac will be getting his Hall of Fame ring here at SoFi Stadium on Sunday night. Hope you can be a part of that and and reconnect with a lot of those names that you just mentioned from the Titans and the Rams history. Mike Keith, play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Titans, will be here in Inglewood on Sunday night for Week 9. We appreciate your time, Mike. JB, thanks for having me on. All right, safe travels, and we'll be back with a trip around the division with DeMarco Farr after this on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Hope you can join us Sunday in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium. Sunday night football against the Tennessee Titans. Rams and Titans each riding four-game winning streaks, uh, both atop their respective conferences, at least in terms of record, not considering any sort of tiebreaker. Long way to go, of course. This is the midway point of the Rams' 2021 slate. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Let's take a, a lap around the division, the NFC West, with Seattle on a bye, and DeMarco potentially going to get Russell Wilson back before they take on the Green Bay Packers, who um, were in the headlines this week. I'm not sure if you saw. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. So whether or not their quarterback plays when Seattle is back on the field, very much in question. As for the other game, a no-lose situation, I guess. Arizona 7-1 and one at San Francisco 3-4. and four. You want the Niners to win that game? I do. Yes. I, I do. I want them to beat Arizona. I hate having the Niners win, especially a week before they play you. Well, let me say that again. Would I rather be facing a team, a 49ers coming off a loss when you know they're going to be jacked up or coming off a big win? Back-to-back wins over Chicago where Garoppolo kind of preserved his job for another stretch of time. I guess it doesn't matter. Either way, you're going to get the best they have anyway. But I want San Francisco to knock Arizona to 7-2. and Interested to see the Cardinals' response too. Long week for them after losing at home to the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Maybe this is the week they come back to earth. Maybe Kyler Murray in that offense starts to slow down some. They are dependent on him being in mobile. I mean, that's pretty much their entire offense, and if he gets winged, he's not the same guy. Did you sense the absence of J.J. Watt in that Thursday night contest? A little. Um, this will be the week where it really shows up, because you had him, and it's a shock, and you have that ability to overcome. It's next man up. Yeah, don't Usually, look at it now. Just find a way. Right. Yeah. But now you're going to start to feel how much you miss him, depth-wise. This is, this is going to be a big loss for them going forward. Fascinating time right now in the NFC West. The Seahawks are teetering, but they're potentially getting their difference maker back at quarterback. San Francisco is kind of caught in no man's land, right? They got a division game. They're home. That seventh spot right now in the NFC playoff picture is very much still there for the taking. If they could run over Arizona and get the Rams next week on Monday Night Football, like at the midway point of their schedule, they're thinking we're a playoff team still, whether or not we make a change at quarterback. I, I will never dismiss the 49ers. I had same with the Seahawks. Until they're mathematically out of it, they are still a threat to the Rams and everything you want to do. Even this great roster that we're talking about with Von Miller, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup just going off, these two teams are still a problem for you until they are mathematically eliminated. No, I, I think that's true. Regardless of what happens in that Arizona game, the 49ers are going to be undefeated next Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. Right, And and no matter where the Rams are in their space, even if they're riding, what, could that be a potentially five-game winning streak? That's a hump they need to get over. Yeah. They, they need to get this Kyle Shanahan San Francisco group out of their mind. Here's what I think about San Francisco, and I don't think I'll get any corroboration out of the players or Sean McVay. I, I don't think the 49ers respect you. Really. I, I think they play like they're better than you. I have I finish that thought if you want. I just want to yeah, put a pin in something. Yeah. Don't disagree, but I think they're 
posture is different with nine behind center. A little bit different. Yes, I agree, 100%. But Debo Samuels doesn't respect you. You're going to have to get your respect. That running game, they still think they can run the ball on you because they have. Yeah, maybe getting Kittle back healthy, yeah. too. We'll, we'll get to the Niners in due time, of course. Our focus on the Titans and our focus on winning this little competition that DeMarco and I have going between <laughs> each other. The Playoff Eliminator Contest. Right. Uh, we have each drafted a portfolio of teams. I have seven so far. DeMarco has six that we think are cooked, that are not going to the postseason. The more you can collect, the better chance you have of winning the contest. However, if you draft a team that ends up making the playoffs – you are donezo. Do you have a tally, our teams? Can you go down the list yes, real quick? Yes, I do. You have, so far, the Jets, the Giants, who are a bit resurgent, Seattle, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Minnesota. Minnesota is, uh, is a dangerous one for you. I have the Lions, the Jags, the Texans, the Dolphins, the Washington football team, the Colts, and the Carolina Panthers. Colts could be problematic for Colts you. could be problematic. Yeah. Although losing in overtime at home to these Tennessee Titans and falling three games back without the uh, head-to-head puts them in pure wild-card okay. territory now in the AFC. They say sharks can smell fear. I think I can smell dysfunction in the NFL or something coming. I'm going to go with Cleveland. Wow. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. I think they're ready to implode. I think this is the week it all goes south. Four and four Cleveland Browns. That's interesting. They have a 33% chance of making the playoffs as calculated by 538 as it sounds. I, wow. I think Baltimore far and So you think that OBJ team. thing is, lean, is weighing heavily I on think them. it's a mess. I don't know how you come back from that. Uh, when, when OBJ's father calls out the quarterback and the quarterback has to respond and then – I thought he handled it well, though, I will say. Baker Mayfield? Yes. Absolutely. I think he handled it. He was very he, – he was very presidential in his response to that. Let it roll off your back. But inside, you know that's a mess. I like the timing of your pick here too, DeMarco, because they're going to Cincinnati to face the 5-3 and three fighting Zach Taylors. Yes. You fall <laughs> below 500, and uh, especially with some other AFC teams like the Patriots showing signs of life. If you can't win that division, uh, the wild card in the AFC is getting a little bit more crowded. Okay, so I'm going to add Cleveland to your portfolio. We each have seven. I am going to uh, defer this week. I'm going to stand pat and take the first selection of next week's show. All right. If that's All right. okay. Final thought on Titans and Rams from SoFi Stadium. You know, I, I, wow, this is hard for me to say, but I wish Derrick Henry were playing. And this is just for those outside the room, outside the building, because if the Rams take care of business on Sunday night and beat Tennessee, oh, it wasn't, Derrick Henry wasn't here. So I wish he was here so you can get the victory with him out there. But the other side of me says, thank goodness. You don't have to deal with that coming at you for four straight quarters. And like, who was the, uh, the play-by-play man from Tennessee? Mike Keith. Like he said, uh, Tennessee, are, they are built to go for four quarters and beyond. Mm-hmm. This is the last team you want to get into a street fight with, really. I think they'll win just about every single time. So now that he's out, it sets you up for uh, just a crowning achievement to move you into another game with the 49ers. So this will be huge. Rams need to bring their A game. Thank goodness Derrick Henry isn't here, but don't let that be the excuse when the Rams win. Well said. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long, and this has been a Week 9 edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.